For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. You know what my favorite part about getting back into vampires is? What? Is a guy, is this guy. He appears in every single vampire documentary or anything ancillary to vampires. His name is always like Ruckford T. Buntleman. He's a Baptist minister who somehow has become some sort of self-appointed expert on vampires. There's always one. And he's always like, and you could see here the legacy of Vlad Tempe Dracula. With his flowing Hungarian hair and his mysterious, <laughs> absolutely mesmerizing accent, I can't imagine what it would be like being in the same room as his tenuous, tenuous muscles jump as he grips onto your shoulders hmm. and places you tenderly upon the spit. It goes butt first. Oh, And my. then, oh, eventually it comes out the mouth. All right, you sound like you're getting aroused. <laughs> no, it's- certainly not. I love my wife, Bertha. She is 275 pounds light. I love spending time with her on the river when we go. Uh, and we hold hands two times a year. <laughs> That's really, that is absolutely lovely. All right, this is the last podcast on the left. I am Ben with Marcus. Hi. Hello, Marcus. And, of course, we got Henry over in Los Angeles there. Henry, you described a very similar scene in your in his act out. <laughs> in the act out, very similar to Cannibal Holocaust with the, with the woman that uh, has the spike go through her entire body, and mm-hmm. people actually thought she... She was murdered in real life, and then the um, the director was brought in front of the court, and the woman had to show up in the courtroom and be like, I'm alive! <laughs> but she did do the thing where she got on her back and she lifted her legs, and they could see the light from her mouth through her vagina. Oh. And she's like, I'm just a very good Italian actress. <laughs> Alright, um, right. so, you know, we've, we've covered some pretty light subjects the past couple of weeks, so <laughs> yeah. it's about time we get to something super heavy. So, so this is this is a gold star episode. No, not really. This episode is going to be a lot of fun. This is an important episode because I think there's a lot of people out there that know a quote-unquote psychic vampire. I know it. And I think, you know how you know if someone is a psychic vampire? And I'm pretty certain that I think the people most likely to be psychic vampires are the ones posting anti-psychic vampire posts on Facebook. 
<sighs> you're on to some conspiracy. Th- you're, like, you're like on to like Aunt Christine's conspiracy theory now. Is I that think it? psychic vampires do the Republican trick of naming other people what they are. Uh. And so, it's just, anybody who posts a psychic vampire meme, uh, you might just be a psychic vampire. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Foxworthy's grandmother. Um, all right, everyone. As Henry mentioned, we are talking about the wonderful world of psychic vampires. Now, before we really get into what psychic vampires do, it's important for us to classify exactly what psychic vampires are. Please do, because when you guys said we were doing this topic, I was like, yeah, of course, of course. And then YouTube, a YouTube hole later, I'm still confused. Yep. Well, what we're going to be talking about today, we're not talking about the mythical or fictional vampires of yore. They certainly wish that we were. Of course. (laughs) Honestly. Yes. Today, we're going to be talking about people who walk the streets actually living as vampires. Now, can they walk during the daytime? They absolutely can. So they're daywalkers. You're being fucking racist, <laughs> no, first of all, all, number one. Racist. I had to deal with vampire this with Marcus earlier this week. Vampire is it not is a race. race. Oh, vampire is um, a race? If, so do you get free college tuition? <laughs> Kissel, if you could just maybe, because what I'm sensing from you is a lot of resistance to change. Oh, wow. What I need you to do is I need you to open your filters and allow these particles of psychic vampire dust to get inside of your holes. <laughs> Listen to me. All right, this all part, right. you got to clean your filters. I'm cleaning. Psychic vampires are a designated group. Okay. Which this episode, Marcus, and we're going to talk about it. We talk a little about this, because Marcus made a funny little joke this week, too. Where I said, oh, I was watching somebody who was a self-avowed psychic vampire talk about the experience, and he was like, oh, so did she like glitter? Did she glitter like with diamonds I did not. on camera? I you did, did not. You did. I and I was didn't. like, that is racist. They are a protected group. <laughs> okay. And we're trying to, we're making a bridge, not building a door. Uh, first first of all, uh, that entire Doors st- open, though, Henry. I think not building a wall. If we built a door, as long as it wasn't locked, know. it's actually know. okay still. Well, first of all, that entire story was a lie. It was a lie. I, I another Zabrowski lie. lie. It's another Zabrowski lie. Second of all, vampires are not a race. They are a separate species, if okay. we're getting totally technical here. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. And of course, the only people who lived like traditional Dracula-like vampires are serial killers like Richard Chase and Andre Chikatilo. Uh-huh. We're not talking about those people. Okay. What we're talking about are people who feed on the energy of others to sustain their own life force. Hmm. But there are people who feed on a teeny tiny bit of human blood to help easily facilitate said feeding. Oh, hold on. So psychic vampires also require blood? Not all psychic vampires suck blood. Some (sighs) do. It's like when you take acid. Okay. Sometimes a little bit of orange juice helps Uh (laughs) kick it up. (laughs) Exactly. Now, the people who actually draw and drink blood are known as sanguine vampires. Okay. Usually, they only take a small amount of blood from their partners. And remember, we said partner and not victim mm. because there's mm. consent involved here. Okay. There has to be because if not, it's rape, yeah. which is true. Vampires nowadays, modern vampires, they do agree that if you have to take blood from a willing donor because if not, it is essentially rape. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. But sanguine vampires claim that blood is the only way to obtain the energy they need, while psychic vampires maintain that they can get it through non-physical means. So if you have hepatitis C, technically you're totally safe, because can the vampire get sick off of your blood? Oh, it's a huge thing, testing in the vampire community. All the vampire websites say before you take blood from your partner, everyone get tested first. Everyone do a test, okay. I think, yeah, that maybe would be a really... 
really good idea. <laughs> if you were so. just drinking people's blood that I imagine you meet, sort of like one documentary we watched this week, where they all meet at a place called the Fang Club in downtown Los Angeles, Ooh. which I think was shut down in 1996 after Blade 2. I'm not sure when Blade 2 came out, when they, they realized the problems with the vampire clubs, when you just raise blood on everybody and everybody gets AIDS. Right, right. Now, as Michel Belanger writes in the Psychic Vampire Codex, which we'll be getting into later. Okay. The argument of to bleed or not to bleed, known as the Psy or Sang debate, has created a long-standing rift in the modern vampire community. So they're feuding. Vampire fight here. <laughs> There's, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, do we, what have we learned from Bigfoot hunters and the UN world of ufologists and all this kind of shit? If there are subgroups... There is drama. Yeah, absolutely. So you, and they're vampires. So it's extra drama because right. everybody's got frills on. It's so hard to walk around with those fake fangs and they hurt your gums. They do. They do. And uh, some people actually get their teeth sharpened yeah. to have real vampire fangs. But before we get into all that, let's define exactly what psychic vampires are and what it is they do. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some who claim that psychic vampires are not evil in any way whatsoever, and we'll give those people fair time later. But there are others who maintain that psychic vampires are purely predatory beings who feed upon the life energy of the rest of humankind, draining us of our life force to draining us of our life force to sustain their own. And those are the ones we'll address first. Okay. As laid out in an article by Brent Swasser for MysteriousUniverse.com called The Strange World of Energy Vampires, a psychic vampire is someone who feeds off emotions and psychic energy, leaving the victim tired, drained, and depressed. So it's like when you have to go hang out with your mother. Yeah. Or in specific... Our mothers. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, my no, mother is not a no, psychic vampire. My mother is not a psychic vampire either. Henry, I think your mother in this... I love you, Mrs. Zabrowski. But she is dabbling in psychic vampire territory, <laughs> no, no, wouldn't you no. say? I, she, uh, I don't feel tired, drained, and depressed. I feel agitated. I think agitated <laughs> is different. She's more okay. of a... Uh, I, I think it's like a, a psychic fire starter. Yeah. A twisted fire starter. Oh, prodigy. Isn't your mother really worried? I, th I remember your mother saying that she was very worried about psychic vampires. She heard the term psychic vampire at some point in her life and it became a character within our family because my mom worked at, like I went to a thing called the Interfaith Ministry which when I was a kid we learned all the different religions because my mom Yada yada yada. My mom was an Al Anon. I ended up in a twelve step store, like doing this where we would sing John Lennon songs and learn about Muslim holidays, right? That's okay. just what you're doing. My mom was going through a midlife crisis and brought us with her. And as we were going through that <laughs> that midlife crisis oh with my, my mother, God. I would love to see the Zabrowski family learning about Muslim holidays. Just <laughs> it's like just, just us, fat like Henry. So, so we can't eat in this one. <laughs> I can't eat. Uh, no, because my mom was going through aerobics phase. My mom was like 105 pounds doing the steps in a concrete basement of a Catholic church over and over again with the big plastic steps. But that's where she learned the concept of psychic vampires uh. being everywhere. And in that 12-step world, I, we did meet some. And yeah. they are, but they are obvious because okay. they definitely like wear a shirt saying like, ask me, I'm a psychic vampire. Like they, they, they are very present. Okay. Huh. Well, these psychic vampires suckle that energy like a parasite, and once they have had their fill, they leave feeling invigorated, while the victim gets put through the emotional ringer. Isn't this just the difference between introverts and extroverts? Not really. No, not exactly. No. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into okay, it. Okay. 
Now, it seems when it comes to the shitty types of psychic vampires, there are two subtypes. The first are your loud, aggressive, pushy drama queens Uh. who drain your energy by demanding attention and engagement at all times. Uh. These are the people that, like, if you go on Instagram... Every other post is a post about narcissists. Right, And every post is about, like, you know, yeah, I was at the bottom of a dumpster yesterday, but today I'm looking up at the stars. Come at me, world. Like, those people that are very, very intense about their personal growth, but in a way that just seems to be filtering through their uh, applications on their phone. I think that these are these people. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a little bit of John Linguizamo's character in The Pest. Ooh, perfect psychic vampire. Perfect psychic. Exactly. (laughs) And in the intro, he plays a little vampire. Stinky Dinky. What's one stinky dinky? <laughs> ah, stinky. Ah, ah. <laughs> ah, I hate this. This has got to go away. This has to stop. It it's stop. never going away. It is as embedded into Last Podcast Network as nothing but trouble. Absolutely. <laughs> stinky Dinky. The past. Um, or when you hang out with entertainers, oftentimes, mm-hmm. like stand up comedians, the worst kind where they're always running bits at you. Uh, and then, is that a psychic vampire thing? Somewhat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the other kind of these types of psychic, psychic vampire are the morose variety. These are people who constantly complain about their lives going on and on about all the bad things that have happened, are happening, or will happen Mm. to them. Again, demanding attention and engagement while giving none back. Uh, There is... I remember I was working with this woman for a period of time. Tell me if I've told this story on the show before. I was working through a temp agency at a book publishing company that I'd already done a couple of movies, and it was the sad one where I was in the photocopying room as a temp, and the boss came by and said, Hey, I thought uh, you did a bunch of movies. And I was like, Yeah, I did a couple. So that's funny. Now you're working here. <laughs> All right, see ya. And I walked away, and I thought I was going to blow my brains out. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It was because there was a woman a funny, behind me. It's a funny joke, though. <laughs> it really Honestly, was. Because it really you was. did do a couple movies, but then you were working there. Oh, yeah, buddy. I remember. I remember. I remember how itchy my trigger finger felt. Uh, but I, I had a job where my desk was right in front of my direct supervisor's desk, which was this older woman who had broken both of her hands oh by my falling God. down in the street. <laughs> and she tried to stop her fight, and she broke both of her wrists. And so she'd go, Henry, oh, no. Henry, what are you doing right now? And I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm just filling out those reports like you said I should. And you're like, okay. Oh, and she'd be trying to staple a piece of paper with her two broken hands. Going, oh my God. I just, oh, I can't, oh, I just can't, I can't staple these papers. So then I'd have to get up and go around the table, well, just because she wouldn't ask, and I had to staple her papers. And it got to the point that I had to hold her diet coke up to her lips so that she could suckle on it. <laughs> Well, I don't think that I don't think she's a psychic vampire. You should just you help don't? out this woman who has two Why broken hands. Why is she at work? You are working an office she's, job. You I don't, don't use know. your feet or your back. You only use your hands. You, you've got two broken hands. How the fuck? You're like supposed to say, work in an office. This story where you are trying to be the victim, technically, you are fully able. You are fully able-bodied. Help the woman who has I two was, broken hands. I was her human seeing eye dog. <laughs> if you need a little person assistant to roll around with a leash all day to do your little like day to day, like open your mail and ship for you, don't hire a former actor. Yeah, that's true. Two broken hands in the office life. That's like two broken legs and trying to play basketball. You can't do it. The hands are very important to typing. Very important. 
Now, the worst possible thing you can do with these people is engage in any sort of long-term relationship, whether it be romantic, platonic, or in the realm of the business world. Mm. And if you do happen to be unlucky enough to fall into one of these relationships, you're going to start to feel your motivation and energy decreasing, and you might even have physical symptoms, such as an emaciated physique or a pale complexion. Now, this is very much so in the line of the pseudoscience kind of therapeutic example of a psychic vampire correct right like this is more of if you meet someone who's an emotional psychic vampire that you should avoid but we're not yet talking about capital p capital v p into the v psychic vampires well we are it's kind of both at this point because the Mm. the therapeutic Mm. uh world of psychic vampires because there are some people who use uh when they're big believers in Jungian psychology uh will use psychic vampires as kind of a metaphor as an archetype to talk about uh toxic people like alex jones tries to revert when he talks about psychic vampires everyone takes it literally like david ike talking about the reptilians and alex jones also does mean it literally actual astral level psychic vampire that are the reptilian agency, the black nobility that's running our government. But then he doubles back by saying, no, businessmen act like psychic vampires feeding off the misery of the lower classes when he gets in trouble. Wouldn't Alex Jones, <laughs> yeah, which is often, wouldn't Alex Jones be a psychic vampire? Because isn't he just desperately seeking attention, saying uh, grandiose, verbose things, just like being a loudmouth ass? But who would ever project what they are on other people like what kind that doesn't happen <laughs> yeah no, and people are truthful and, and mm. real <laughs> but the thing is not all psychic vampires know that they're psychic vampires a secret psychic vampire well, for some people this is just learned behavior they may not be totally conscious of what they're doing but they know that making other people feel like shit makes them feel better is this a symptom? I was thinking, trying to break this down in my own mind. Is this like a, as above, so below? Like essentially like the outside behavior does register. Like you are an annoying bitch. You are that bitch, Carol. You are ruining everybody's life at the office, right? Well, I kind of like Carol. <laughs> Carol. Carol's kind of funny. Carol's funny. <laughs> Some people like Carol if you're on Carol's good side, but it's because Carol got filled up with psychic energy before getting over to you, and at this point, she's ready to listen to you talk about how many buds you had last night, <laughs> okay. or how many times you're, like, what, what kind of popcorn you've been consuming Ooh, recently. Ooh, like yeah. Stuff you like to talk about. Yeah. I know what you like to talk about. Yeah, if you were but, the first person that Carol talked to that day, you'd hate Carol. Really? But you work in the back of the office, so somebody else gets uh, fills up Carol first. Well, because think about how much etheric energy fucking Kissel is swollen with. (laughs) (laughs) Those little clots, too, those clots in your legs, Uh those are like dark chocolate nuggets (laughs) and the vanilla ice cream that is your etheric energy. Oh, great. But but if you, but it's like it is on an astral level, though, they are a for real Dracula entity psychic vampire essentially and they are behaving one way in our conscious reality and in our back reality they are this other thing possibly 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 my sister is the best gift giver i've ever met of any person it's jackie zabrowski she shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and christmases i have no idea how she does it I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. 
All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, as far as why this happens, it's said that these people don't produce the proper amount of psychic energy that we all need to feel good or even survive. Mm. So they act as a kind of energy vacuum that's constantly sucking without them even knowing it. Uh-huh. Now, I know this sounds a little silly, but... What? That's, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's mostly because it's hard, if not outright impossible, to approach any of this stuff scientifically. Because it's hard to come up with the language to scientifically quantify how much of a fucking bummer someone is. Isn't it just that dude's a drag? Yeah, but... It, yeah, like, it, slowly, but, the person that you <laughs> hang out with makes you feel bad, and then you have to cut him off? But that's not scientific. No, I don't know. No, no, I mean, unless the scientist is uh, taking a surfboard to work. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but... 
That's the reason why occult studies is called the future science by some. Oh, good. <laughs> that will make our society much, much smarter. <laughs> Kissel, but though I do believe we can combine what we could know on the occult side, the paranormal side, with technological side, which is could possibly future science, I think that is what will allow us to step to the next evolutionary mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Could be. And you know, in Japan, science brought them a vegan hamburger. Now, how is that possible? <laughs> it literally was science. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> I hate you. It is. One day, signs may come up with a way to feed these unfortunate people with a contraption of some sort, but that day is far in the future. Okay. But those are the involuntary psychic vampires. So it's like a passive black hole. Yeah. Mm, That's a good way to put it. The really dangerous psychic vampires are the ones who know exactly what they're doing. Usually, these are the more aggressive ones who surround themselves with people mentally weaker and less assertive than they are, mm. so they can feed whenever they like. Is that what you're doing, dog meat? No. I'm not a psychic you vampire. I don't feel We're drained. being manipulated. I know you're happy. You're happy to be kept like a sheep. But me, I'm the loudest sheep in the stable. Ah! Technically, ah! if I really had to say, well, I don't get drained by either of you, but if it was a competition, you probably drained me more than Marcus does because every time you open your mouth, I'm concerned our careers are going to be over. <laughs> hey, man, maybe you should uh, pay me for that, huh? <laughs> Next time I drain you. Oh, <laughs> my Sex. goodness, Sucking your fucking cock. Oh, I'm getting gay, gay with you. Oh, my. According to the book Unholy Hungers, Encountering the Psychic Vampire in Ourselves and Others by Barbara Hort, these these vampire hangers-on are called blindants or revenants. They facilitate the vampire in all his needs while never becoming a vampire themselves. Hmm. Purposeful psychic vampires are also very touchy-feely, big on shaking hands, patting shoulders, and hugging because physical contact helps juice the whole process. Mm, okay, but people it, like physical contact sometimes. Make you feel warm, make yeah. you feel like you're comforted in times of distress and pain. Yeah, look at how popular Joe Biden is. Yeah. Technically, he's doing very well. <laughs> well. In fact, shaking hands is among their favorite things to do, speaking of politicians. See, some people believe that occult energy flows from the right hand in right-handed individuals and the left in left-handed people. So since the majority of the population is right-handed, these vampires can feed with just an extra long shake. They also when they do the thing when they tickle your palm with their middle finger. That's <laughs> them technically flicking your occult clit. Oh, really? <laughs> I have a little clit on my hand, huh? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Very interesting. It's like the new phones that you can put your phone on top of another person's phone and you can charge their battery. Uh-huh. So isn't it possible that the handshake could also give us somewhat energy? Well, we'll get oh, to that well, later. So okay. Ben, you're, you see, you're look at this shit out. I'm telling you, I listened to <laughs> Teal Swan on YouTube. She did the whole thing. She tried to kill a bunch of people. I know. <laughs> I know the problem. We interviewed someone who uh, was aware of her cult on our Patreon interview series. If you give to our Patreon, you can listen to that. Thank you all so much. But she made some solid points. All right. All right. Well, Dion Fortune called these types of psychic vampires psychic parasites or mm. astral vampires in her book, Psychic Self-Defense. Oh, yeah. Although many of the positive psychic vampires blame Dion Fortune for the negative image they have in the psychical world. I will say Dion Fortune 
Jones book, Psychic Self-Defense, is a really good step into a time machine of how we've been talking about this type of shit since the early 1900s. Like, it is, because it was that book was written in 1930, and she's got a couple of really interesting ideas in the beginning of it about the breakdown of etheric energy and all this <laughs> kind of stuff, but it's very God-heavy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, if you want to just do an experiment, go to Pornhub, go to their search bar, type in Astral Vampires, <laughs> and just see what comes up. I don't know what will come up, but just check that out. She also said to make sure she had a whole section here too where she want, you have to make sure when someone's been struck by a vampire if you want to make sure whether or not it was a physical or spiritual vampire is that when vampirism is suspected the thing to do is go over that person's body inch by inch with a powerful magnifying glass and the search will probably be rewarded by the discovery of numerous minute punctures so minute that they are not discovered by an examination with the naked eye unless they reveal themselves to become infected and superating and when they are usually mistaken for insect bites well I have to say uh, you are both the worst and the best TSA agent we have. <laughs> um, but we do have some complaints about the microscope and the uh, just the magnifying glass that you're bringing to work and you're checking out everyone's... The proof uh, is in the pudding, is in the eating. <laughs> <laughs> but still, Dion Fortune does differentiate between different types of psychic vampires. Some are just everyday pains in the ass who drain energy regardless, mm-hmm. while other psychic vampires have a true paranormal power that can be used whenever they want. In fact, it is theorized that certain paranormal phenomena, such as black-eyed kids or the infamous men in black, Mm. use psychic vampirism to exert control and power over their victims. Hmm. Other paranormal beings purported to be psychic vampires are the old hags of yore. These hags are said to be witches, both male and female, and they're able to leave their bodies through astral projection to attack others. Because that's when we're most fucking vulnerable, man. We're vulnerable in our fucking dreams, man. You gotta fucking never go to sleep, dude. (laughs) Because these old bitches, they come around and they're just like... Henry, help me drink my diet coke. <laughs> and then they're but they're attacking. They're making your astral self work temp work on the next realm. I think you're also just supposed to help an older woman who has two broken hands. Drink she's her not diet my co- fucking mother. She's no, not she's my coven queen. Uh-huh. I don't care. Why are you at work? Why are you at work oh if the two my. things that you need to do work you can't use? All right. Now, I don't know if this next part is true, but according to an author who only... Yeah, g- giggle, 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 boy. Giggle, boy. No, you watch, you wait. No, I'm fine with it. I, but I'm going to say this, though. Old, like, I like people who are just old and kind of bitter. Uh-huh. They're they're funny. Yeah, yeah, they you can know. be. They yeah, can, can be, be unless, unless you get caught up in their trap and you have to give all of your right. energy to make them happy. That's true. It was like That's a time I had to spend 25 minutes with a blind guy on the Q train helping him get back to Brooklyn, and all of a sudden, I was like, how'd you even get to the city? How'd you even get to Manhattan? I'm sitting here telling her how to go each way, taking him to each staircase, being like, did someone just drop you off in the middle of Times Square from Wichita? Another example of how you should just help someone who is in need. I'm learning a lot about Henry on this episode. Like, (laughs) Two broken hands and a blind man, and you're the victim here. I'm just saying. This is classic. Classic. Classic psychic vampirism, honestly. Honestly. Hey, man, I'm I'm wow. not taking from them. I got plenty. I'm full of juice. <laughs> wow. Well, like I said, I don't know if this next part is true, but according to an author who only goes by the name of Constantine, and that's Constantine with a K, he wrote in his book, Vampires, the Occult Truth, that Newfoundland, Canada, has a ridiculously high percentage of hag attacks. 
<laughs> I just think he spent a lot of time on Tinder in Newfoundland. Yeah, just seen someone getting beat to death by like seven older women. <laughs> yeah, is. The and then is, he, is he just looking for old women and then hitting them with his car and shit? Yeah, what's happening? See, according to Constantine, hag attacks are directly related to sleep paralysis because these sorts of psychic vampires attack while we are asleep oh. and most vulnerable. Interestingly, one survey done on the Newfies found that 23% of those surveyed had experienced sleep paralysis, Hmm. a.k.a. hag attack. Okay. What's even more interesting is when I compared this Newfoundland study to a study I found published in the 2012 Sleep Medical Review, I found that only 7.6% of the general population reported experiencing sleep paralysis. So you're saying Constantine. Who's purposely spelling his name in the most vampire way? <laughs> uh huh. Is incorrect. No, I'm saying that the people of Newfoundland experience sleep paralysis much more than the general population. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, they're at 23%. The rest of us are at 7.6%. wonder why that is. That's quite an increase. Yeah, but, and, but that was back in the 70s. Ah. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. Maybe it has some sort, maybe it's some sort of cultural memory or something, but it's an interesting uh, statistic nonetheless. It is interesting. See, what Constantine theorizes is that psychic vampires feed by touching their astral body to their victim's astral body, and the vampire sucks away the energy through astral osmosis Mm. with the skilled psychic vampire who can astral project this sort of thing happens most often when we're asleep and our astral bodies are more vulnerable so if you wake up feeling more tired than when you went to sleep you might have been visited by a psychic vampire. You Our, might have been visited by a psychic happening? vampire. You tell me if you got astral nibbles on your astral breast, you might be visited by a psychic vampire. Oh, what's? Oh, I'm getting a phone call from Comedy Central. They want to. They want you to do an hour of. You might be a psychic vampire. It, I actually think that this is very. I think that this is very interesting. It's interesting I do yeah. believe that there's stuff that goes on the psychic level. I definitely mm-hmm. had. These kind of issues when I had my dreams about the flannel man, which uh, we've brought up that was also brought up in Strange Familiars podcast when we were doing our Men in Black uh, Men in Black episodes. I have seen entities like this in my sleep. I have destroyed versions of them when I go into a sort of a trance state when I'm in the middle of working out, which is what I do. (laughs) Sometimes I listen to a lot of metal and because I get pretty stoned before I work out and then I kind of go into like a trance state where I visualize stuff and then what I'll do is I'll kill an evil version of me that's like a big like Dr. Robotnik version of me in big silver armor and shit. Yeah, we are learning a lot of weird (laughs) stuff about you today. I do things very similar. No, I know. It's just, it's very interesting. Remember that uh, great cartoon, the, the comic strip Garfield? And there was that one that where he had. I all remember the books. Garfield. Wait yeah. a second, did you just no. say? Do we remember Garfield? No, no, no. no. <laughs> but you're, I'm saying the specific. I one went more... to Paws Inc. in Muncie, Indiana. And you're actually Mr. wearing a Garfield shirt right now. I didn't yeah. even realize that. Yeah, yeah. But no, and we... also a fan, uh, Danny Flake, sent me a wonderful Garfield shirt in the mail. And oh. I'm very thankful for it. Thank you, Danny. Weird. <laughs> Fine. I am just saying. Remember that when he had all of the books ta- uh, taped to him, and he said, <laughs> "I'm learning through osmosis." <laughs> <laughs> that was That's a funny one. It is really good. I thought you, it was. Yeah, I think I seem to remember that that old bitch with the bad wrists had that on a mug. uh, That I had to lift her her trembling, chapped, weird lizard lips and go, Oh, it's too hot. (laughs) Henry, could you go and put some ice in this? Because, oh, I can't. Just help the old lady. Just help her. Well, if you happen to wake up in the middle of the night to see some sort of amorphous, creepy figure in your room and you can't move, 
That's because you've interrupted the feeding of a psychic vampire. Oh. And that's what sleep paralysis sometimes is. Mm. Or so Constantine says. Hmm. But those are the mythical beings. Over here in the concrete world, psychic vampires are mentioned in Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible as well, and not in a positive light. Oh. Henry will now read an excerpt from the Satanic Bible. All right. Many people who walk the earth practice the fine art of making others feel responsible and even indebted to them without cause. Satanism observes these leeches in their true light. Psychic vampires are individuals who drain others of their vital energy. This type of person can be found in all avenues of society. They fill no useful purpose in our lives and are neither love objects nor true friends. Yet we feel responsible to the psychic vampire without knowing why. Interesting. I mean, the lesson here is really good. Hang out with people who make you feel better. Yeah. Now yes. worse. And is it just weird, Henry, you kind of, you slid into George Norrie a little bit in the middle of that. Well, yeah, the type of person can be found in all avenues of society. Uh, now tell me, Mr. LeVay, do Satanists have to go to the cape store, or can you get a cape at Neiman Marcus? And to further demonstrate how hated psychic vampires are in some circles of the occult community, the Church of Satan offshoot, the Temple of Set, who actually embraces vampirism fully, accepts all kinds of vampires... Except psychic vampires. Oh. But the Temple of Set is pretty picky when it comes to who they actually let into the Order of the Vampire anyway. What do you have to do to get into this? You gotta be legit, Kissel. Okay. And you gotta do the homework. Yeah. Okay. Now this is what the Temple of Set says on their website's homepage, if you want to get into the Order of the Vampire. And they spell it Vampire. Okay. It should really be readily understood <laughs> by all who seek admission to our order that we are unique and separate from the various right-hand path-driven online vampire community groups and how those that have sprung up over the past few years. Now, such groups promote a weak and powerless version of the vampiric archetype among a myriad of fuzzy New Age ideas such as missing chakras, other kin, and a need for blood drinking. We do not tolerate such in our ranks. Right? In the order of the vampire, we promote a posture of effortless power and Thetian vampiric control. There is no in-between. There is no compromise. Whoa, but this they're taking all the fun out. Yeah. I well, mean, I'm not for drinking blood unless, we're, of course, consensual, as we mentioned up top. But isn't that a key component? I just no. feel like you can't call yourself a vampire unless you got some blood drinking. I mean, that's <laughs> it a, is a, it's a key component in my mind. It's a it's a mix, Kissel, because vampire because with are now talking about in modern vampiric thought, it is more of a lifestyle and a choice and an understanding that you can't. They now know they now believe that you can't gorge yourself on human blood. It is an ancillary to the way you normally live your life, and it's what gives you a boost of power. But if you read the actual Bible of the vampire, the vampiric Bible, which you got our hands on, it talks about this concept. I know what he means when he says the term posture of effortless power it's just this idea of vampires are not supposed to sneak around they're not supposed to go that's what they get mad about they don't like this idea that you're going through the 
back door using the astral plane and stealing your energy. Mm. They want you to be upfront about it. They want you to buy the merch. They want you to have long, dark hair, and they want you to wear a cape. Right. Maybe you drink a lot of Mrs. T. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. T's Bloody Mary mix. That is actually this is the, what I've come, the best. This is what I've come to understand. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I get it. So the question a lot of you might be asking right now how do you protect yourself from a psychic vampire? Thank God we're getting to that because it's starting to get a little scary. I, yeah, when when what do you do? Well, according to the article at MysteriousUniverse.com, keeping a quartz crystal in your pocket at all times will block the power of a psychic vampire. Well, what if you fall down and you, and you fall right on that? And then that'll, that'll really hurt. <laughs> that'll that'll dig really up your, hurt. Yeah, that'll dig <laughs> up your thigh. Worse than keys. And you must never look a psychic vampire in the eye. But if you're forced to look a psychic vampire in the eye, then the left eye is the better one to focus on because the left eye is passive. Their left or your left? Their you can't look in your own left eye. No, I know, but if I'm You can't close your right eye if you're look I did it. (laughs) This is the dumbest exercise that I've watched happen from the Skype in a while. Okay, so it's it's your left. You look into their left eye. Their left. So that would be your right. But if you well, it's, it's okay. All right, this is I got ju- it. It's just, you're already dead. If Marcus is a psychic vampire, you're gone. You're, you're desanguinated spiritual. Okay. You can also protect your aura by folding your arms and crossing your legs, and by visualizing a wall, armor, or a shield to deflect the assault. So is- Now, all of this sounds very pedantic, yes. Yeah, okay. But- a part of it is, I mean, this is the problem. We actually hold more credibility towards psychic vampirism than we do, like, any conspiracy theory we ever talked about, <laughs> so that's what's hard. We've technically have also read more source material on this subject than we did even, like, the West Memphis Three. Like, this is, there's just, a lot of books on this. I'm just yeah. happy you didn't say 9-11, because that would have been truly offensive to this country and the people but, who fought the war. But I do understand the, yes, it sounds silly, but you have to do certain things. That's what they say to avoid these things. And it, a lot of it just sounds like self-care, where it's like Dion yeah. Fortune straight up says, like, if you are, it seems to be you're under psychic attack, the first thing you should do, either number one is move, mm-hmm. where you literally just move without telling anybody and don't taking any of your possessions, or two, take a bath. <laughs> take a bath? Yeah. Yes. Okay. But you cleanse yourself. All right. All That's right. one thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But there are some who believe that you need no protection whatsoever from psychic vampires. And who else should that be but the psychic vampires themselves? Wow. And how convenient is that? Very convenient, Marcus. (laughs) But either way, this contingent is somewhat led or at least represented by a paranormal author and investigator named Michelle Belanger. Now, we've actually used Belanger's research on our show before. She's the author of The Dictionary of Demons, which I absolutely adore. It's a fantastic book, and I've used it as a reference for many a demon-based episode here on Last Podcast on the Left. Okay, cool. She's also a fun paranormal personality yeah. within the world of like the the, the TV world of, of paranormal shit, like Paranormal State. She's been coast to coast a bunch of times, and I like her view on life, but she's definitely like we need to build a bridge. We need a patch on the American quilt for psychic vampires. Okay, yeah. representation. Yeah, very much so. But concerning psychic vampires, Michelle Belanger, who is herself a professed and proud psychic vampire, 
wrote a book called The Psychic Vampire Codex. Now, we're not going to blow up Michelle's spot and give away all the secrets contained in the Codex. If you want to learn all the ins and outs of how to be a psychic vampire, you got to go buy the book yourself, available on Amazon, or even better, the occult section at your local bookstore. Go to your local nice. bookstore. Don't go buy to your local it on bookstore. Amazon. Please, God, I hate Amazon. Yeah, go to the local bookstore because you're always going to find some stuff you didn't even know what you were looking You didn't even know you were looking for. And oftentimes they have t-shirts and cool t-shirts too. <laughs> and they honestly, occult bookstores have big sizes mm-hmm. because I always get a good double X when I go there. Didn't That's we what... go to a great occult bookstore? Was that Portland or Seattle? That's where I got it my was... Necronomicon that says read on it. Got to go back yeah. to that occult bookstore in Seattle. That place was fucking great. Yep. Yes, that place was great. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, there's an occult bookstore in Seattle that uh, I got to swing by uh, this weekend or uh, in a couple of weeks in when we go on tour to Seattle. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait. But just know that these psychic vampires get around the whole draining the life force from people thing by claiming that they can heal as well as hurt. Mm. They believe that the auric doorway swings both ways, meaning that psychic energy can be given as well as taken. But there is the question of why these psychic vampires do what they do. Hmm. And it turns out there are a lot of different answers given in the Codex. Some believe that they have an imperfect connection to the universal source of energy that we all plug into on a daily basis, either because that connection is cut off completely or the energy is processed inefficiently. Mm. And they say the way that you could see this pretty often is that a lot of times, according to her, psychic vampires have physical problems as well. So she kind of equates it to essentially... Uh, if you have fibromyalgia, you might just be a psychic <laughs> vampire. Oh, my. Wow, this bit is really coming together. <laughs> yeah. Well, others think that their spiritual origin point is not Earth. And since they spiritually originate elsewhere, like Pleiades or wherever, mm-hmm. the natural spirit energy that the Earth produces is incompatible with the energy that works just fine for the rest of us. Yeah, it's like some people can eat cilantro and some people can't. Yeah. I don't understand the people who don't like cilantro. I hate it. I fucking I just can't stand it. It's so Psychic weird. vampire, right there. <laughs> Could be. Could if be. you don't like cilantro on a taco, you might just be a psychic vampire. Honestly, this is the funniest comedian I've ever seen in my life, Wendy. I'm so happy you took me to this Comedy Central taping. It's weird. I don't know why, but I like feel kind of drained and sick and pale watching him. <laughs> I might just be a psychic Whoa! vampire. And some take it even further, saying that while they can receive the Earth's energy just fine, they're allergic to it. <laughs> <laughs> so they can... Yeah, don't laugh. Don't that's what it is. It, that is a... That's worse than being allergic to water. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you just can't, like, take the Earth's energy, yeah. that, that is a bad allergy to have. Yeah. And so they have to go to other sources to get it, specifically the energies of other people. I see. But with all these different opinions comes the question of how all these people got together to talk about the different motivations behind psychic vampirism in the first place. Hmm. And Belanger lays it out pretty clearly in the Codex. In her opinion, it was the 90s when psychic vampirism really started to awaken, what with all the Wiccan and neo-pagan stuff going on at the time. It is really, that nothing truly has made me miss the 90s. I've been panging for the 90s this week, oh, yeah, reading yeah. about psychic vampirism, yeah. because I remember, do you remember this time period? My mom went to a vampire wedding in the 90s, because that really? was a part of, like, the, we knew a couple of these guys that would hang out. They would be vamp. They were vampires, and they dressed like Anne Rice characters, and they go and they'd have big parties with people dressed as vampires. It was such a '90s fun, like interview with the vampire esque. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. world that was great. Yeah, vampires were hip in the 90s. Super I, hip. You know, I know I'm 37 years old, but 90s, more evidence, best decade. Yeah. Best yeah. decade. Mm-hmm. And pre-internet, these people spread their ideas through zines. Uh, magazines? Zines. There's a difference. Zines. Oh, Because okay. zines are self-published magazines. I usually don't with like a photocopier oh, and a staple. It's all DIY Wait a second. Stuff. Kissel, you don't know what a fucking zine is? I know what you a zine is. You didn't spend any time. You, you were on a college campus. Are we really explaining? Are we this old? Do we have to explain what zines are? Henry, I know what a zine is. I'm trying to help our listeners who are currently listening. Hello, everyone who is listening. Hello. And by the way, if you're listening in a PT Cruiser, I still support you. <laughs> Disgusting. I still Both support you. <laughs> but no, the zine, yes, of course, there was multiple zines in every yeah. college. We had a great punk zine. Yeah, and that's um, usually what zines are all about. They're yeah. subculture magazines. Yeah. You know, usually punk or metal or especially goth. goth. Yeah, zines were a huge thing in the goth community. And when people got a hold of desktop computers and kinkos open in every major city in the U.S. in the early 90s, zines exploded. And with the zine explosion also came an explosion of vampire zines. Cool. I mean, of course. Yeah. According to an archive I found on a somehow still working Angel Fire site, wow. there was Journal of the Dark, Liquid Dreams of Vampires, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yikes. Yeah. Vampire's Crypt, Vampire Magazine, Carpe Noctem. Ooh. Yeah, cool. It's a cool one, yeah. Vampire Junction. <laughs> if you find yourself pulling your surrey up to Vampire Junction, you might just be a, va- a socking vampire. Wow. Vampire Junction. So, it's just so folky. Yeah, I love it. really it. is. Yeah. There's a Nocturnal Blood Sentinel News. It's a little long, but. Yeah, yeah. And International Vampire. Ooh, that's for oh. that's for the extingu- uh, extinguished, <laughs> the extinguished, distinguished. What am I trying to? How long have I been talking for on a, on a microphone? <laughs> distinguished mm-hmm. vampire. And with so many zines being published, not only in America but around the world, because international vampire was Dutch, many psychic vampires started corresponding with each other and forming communities. Only problem was, according to Belanger, vampires apparently have a marked distaste for capitalism. Really? Yes, and they also distrust organization of any kind, and none of them, not surprisingly, uh, particularly enjoy authority figures. I believe that to be true. Okay, I actually have a question here, and this is not meant to be any... I'm not trying to uh, make fun. You're not not, roasting? If a bunch of psychic vampires get together, they can't be feeding on each other's energy because they don't have any energy. They require people... Uh, they require other people's energy. So wouldn't this just be like the saddest, most boring event ever? They wouldn't have partners. Be... They bring their partners. They bring the... They... So Can they I bring... do the ACK actually? Actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have to... Voluntarily give into a pool of energy that all of them can feed into. They do an exercise where they okay. hang out. They they spirit. They psychically pool their energy. Everybody sticks their straws in. They do the "I will drink your milkshake." They do that <laughs> to each other. Okay, um, but because the, they do the same process when, like, according to the uh, vampiric Bible, uh, that's how they pool their sacrifice that they have to give to the astral vampire gods in order to give their blessings to them, basically giving them energy mm-hmm. to help give them their eternal powers. Okay, another follow-up question, and again, not roasting, is cum involved? Because it always <laughs> seems like cum is involved with this female and male ejaculate. Optional. Optional. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Optional. Some, sometimes. Okay. 
Well, since no one wanted to take the lead when it came to organizing or maybe using the capitalist system to keep the zines in the black, and since anyone who tried to make any money was quickly shouted down as a quote-unquote sellout... Oh, come on. ...they all very quickly folded. These are why scenes fall apart. Yeah, Yeah. always. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right? I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right? My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey! 
Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. But there was one of these people who seemed to rise above the pack at least a little and embraced capitalism maybe a little too much mm. the temple of the vampire oh. now near as i can tell the temple of the vampire was and maybe still is run by a man named nicholas strathlock mm. he's an interesting man very interesting he formed an entire religion around vampirism which he called vampiric spirituality the idea here is that vampires are undead gods and that these gods made of psychic energy seek out hosts who are predisposed to possession by vampires do you mind if i read the vampire Creed written by Nicholas Strathlock. Please. I am a vampire. I worship my ego and I worship my life, for I am the only god that is. I'm proud that I'm a predatory animal and I honor my animal instincts. I exalt my rational mind and hold no belief that is in defiance of reason. I recognize the difference between the worlds of truth and fantasy. I acknowledge the fact that survival is the highest law. I acknowledge the powers of darkness to be hidden natural laws through which I work my magic. I know that my beliefs in ritual are fantasy, but the magic is real, and I respect and acknowledge the results of my magic. I realize there is no heaven as there is no hell, and I view death as the destroyer of life. Therefore, I will make the most of life here and now. I am a vampire. Bow down before me. Uh, well, I, I, that is wonderful. But now, um, Best Buy employee, can you just show me where the printers are? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's why yes. I came. In Here's a printer that also does photos. Are you not mesmerized by the mixture of truth and fantasy? <laughs> well, that's actually this is just what I was looking for. Thank you so much. Please, if you would fill out the survey, it's here at the bottom. Of, you can fill out this code on bestbuy.com. Uh, my name is Nick. If you please just um, do that, give me five stars. Thank you. Of course. Well, here's Strathlock himself explaining his religion further in an A&E documentary called American Vampires. One of our ancient ones will enter into the body and therefore create a permanent 
a change or state of being which does create the vampire, which is what occurred with me when I died at five. He died at five? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he did, I guess. He did. The only thing about that video, too, is that it is very difficult for him to talk because of the teeth that he has in. And you could see it's him going, yes, or yes, a vampire is the last nobility of a spiritual world. As the uh, teeth are sliding out of the top of his mouth. I saw, yes. Yeah. Uh, interesting and, looking guy. He's kind of a Guy Fieri. He's got kind of a Guy Fieri look going. He, he looks like a combination between Guy Fieri and John Candy. Yeah. Okay, that's actually great. Yeah. Kind of looks a little bit like Gangrel as well. Remember that 1990s wrestling character? Yeah. He was a vampire. Yeah. Just sticking with the vampire. He was. Yeah. But I, I support it, man. If he, if he's got this, man. I mean, he started of the Fang Club yeah. in Beverly Hills. Yeah, then to clear that up a bit, Strathlock claims to have briefly died at the age of five, and when he came back to life, because you know that happens all the time. You remember Barpo went to heaven and back? Of course he did. <laughs> you could, this guy could read minds to the point where he could finish other people's sentences. Hmm. And by the age of twelve, he came to believe that he was inhabited by a vampire god. And after that, he was initiated into his family's clan, the Order of the Dragon. Oh, thank God. It's better than the KKK anyway. <laughs> Here's him talking about that process. It was primarily just a blood ritual for that. There, were, We spoke of feeding. We spoke of taking the life force from others. It's been something that's been in my family for generations. All right. So this is a family um, sort of, uh, this is a legacy. He's, yeah. a, he's a vampire legacy. Yeah. It was absolutely a wonderful experience. Um, <laughs> Sucking the blood of my mother. Oh. We, uh, I don't know. We did that. It was in the morning, I remember. I just saw the new Adventures of Batman. Because I know he used to come on um, each morning, uh, which was fun to do. I like to see the Adventures of Batman. And then I drank my mother's blood. And I joined the Order of the Dragon. So that's a win for me. That was yeah. a big get for me. And then um, we went to Magic Mountain. Wow. We've never been over there. But I'm not allowed to ride the roller coasters because my blood would get too thin from the excitement. Of course. Of course, of course. Batman the Animated Series was the best Batman animated series. It was on Fox Primetime. Remember that? Some argue that it's the best Batman ever. All right. Now, when he says family, he is talking about his actual family. Okay. According to an interview he did, he was raised by his Welsh druid grandparents, and three of his 14 brothers are also psychic vampires. An Order of the yeah. Dragon is also loosely tied to Vlad Dracul. That is the all of that is saying that, that that was the sect of the Hungarian family that he belonged to and that Dracul is the side of the dragon. But if you look at the Order of the Dragon Wikipedia page, the dragons there are not like Game of Thrones dragons. Right. They're like they're like Casper with wings. They're like fat, <laughs> weird, like succulent duckling dragons that are very strange that are not. I don't like are these frightening? Technically, they're just kind of cute. Yeah. Right, right. Well, it's interesting. I feel like if you have druid grandparents, that could turn out really, really fun. Uh -huh. Or it could turn out like your, like the crazy old people from The Visit. Yeah. Where they just <laughs> kind of like want to kill you and rub a diaper onto your face. <laughs> that it's movie possible. was great. The Visit is so good. It. That scene was so good. <laughs> now, it's hard to suss out Strathlock's timeline, but he claimed to have been in the British Army for a while. Then he moved to Los Angeles in what seems to be the early 90s, where he apparently picked up the American vampire accent. Okay, He's British. Very but, good acting. Very good. Yeah, yeah. That's what they do in L.A. <laughs> Australians and Brits, they just go down there and they have the perfect American accent. They show up here 
and they take our jobs, <laughs> and they everybody loves them because they are they're fakers. Mm-hmm. They're fakers out here. That's what acting is. But in yes. L- <laughs> but in L.A., Strathlock founded the Temple of the Vampire and okay. played a part in opening a nightclub in Beverly Hills called the Fang Club. And I think 1997, judging from the photos from the grand opening, I found on Getty Images. Okay, but within a year. The Fang Club either folded or Strathlock was kicked out. I don't really know which one. Mm. And the Temple of the Vampire eventually moved to the town of Lacey in Washington State. There, Strathlock, I think, lives with his six kids and a man whom he calls his blood donor, uh, whose blood he drinks once a week. I don't want to be, like, too grossed out about it, but it was just, they did a a version on the documentary American Vampires. They showed him feeding off of his donor, his his boyfriend, essentially, and it was him with a little razor doing little cuts, and then it was him just just straight up going like, yeah, okay, so right after this, we can go to Panera, right? (laughs) They have a new egg sandwich I gotta check, because I am really hungry, and I don't know if this is gonna complete. This is like a pre-eater, okay? Uh, It's an appetizer. Mm. And his weird, like, almost Donald Duck-like tongue. Yeah, yeah. Like, licking the little cuts. Yeah, yeah They're having a good time, so if they're they're liking it, and they're consenting to it, I mean, you know, good for you. Yeah, and as long as the kids are in the other room, yeah, that's that's <laughs> just fun. But I thought that Chad, he, he, honestly, didn't, he didn't lose his honestly. teeth, though. He's got the fang teeth. Yeah. Why wouldn't he use his teeth? Uh, because oh, Kissel, because those were those are his. That's his. Uh, ah, I don't know, man. It's like a nice hat. <laughs> it's oh. not. You don't wear those for for the doing of it because they're not functional. Those are fashion. Oh, yeah. those are. Fa- you don't think those are? He didn't surgically get those put in. Pro- no, they're sliding out of his mouth. Yeah, and well. you can see he's at the top. His top lip uh, is kind of bulged out, right. like when you put, like when you put in the uh, what is the it, the, the red, the redneck teeth that you buy at the gas of course, station. Of course, yeah, he's obviously got prosthetics in there. Okay, yeah. Now it says over and over again on the internet and in the Psychic Vampire Codex that the Temple of the Vampire is super exclusive. But all I had to do was buy the PDF for their vampire Bible, and I almost immediately received a thank you email that told me I was well on my way to becoming a part of their order. Cool. Yeah, dude, it's like when I bought all the stuff from the Rosicrucian order, and now we get four emails a week for, <laughs> yeah. the, of the, for yeah. the ancient secrets of the Rosicrucians. Yeah, it seems like all I gotta do is buy a $200 annual membership in addition to the 40 bucks I already spent on the vampire Bible, but if I would have gotten the membership first, I would have received a discount on not only the PDF, but other temple literature, audio programs, and their fine line of exclusive Temple of the Vampire jewelry. And then, Honestly, I'm all about it. That's yeah. the kind of merch I'm into. Yeah, it's yeah. it's actually pretty cool jewelry. It's okay. pretty expensive. It's like $200 for a Temple of the Vampire ring. Well, it's not so bad if That's, it's really good quality. It's sterling silver. I mean, silver. hey, okay. this is for your goth girlfriend. Yeah. Goth boyfriend. You got out there? I know you got them. Oh, yeah. uh, just, you know, send gift certificates to the Temple of the Vampire. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but the Temple of the Vampire is only one of many of what are known as houses in the psychic vampire community. In Atlanta, they got the Atlanta Vampire Alliance, which actually seems comparatively super chill. Okay. I bet. Yeah. They define a vampire as an energy feeder or blood drinker that may display various levels of psychic ability, but also needs the taking of blood or vital life force from others to survive. Hmm. But they, unlike other houses, don't use a caste system where there's a defined hierarchy, although they do respect houses who do so. Instead, the five founding members of the AVA conduct business as a cooperative body in monthly meetings. Five oh. people? That, that You can still have a pretty good democracy with five people. Good quorum. Yeah. 
But going back to Belanger's history of modern vampirism, she says that psychic vampirism got a pretty big boost with the release of a tabletop role-playing game called Vampire the Masquerade, which I gotta admit I always wanted to play, but did not have the required goth friends in high school to do such a thing. And I remember seeing it. I remember seeing the box, and I really wanted to do it, I too, but no, to one it wa- so no one wanted to be goth with me no, as a little me boy. I was, I was rejected. I wanted to do it so bad. Yeah, because you guys are fucking nerds. <laughs> of course. We had friends. No, there were friends. People wanted to go hang out in high school, watch wrestling, do backyard wrestling like me and my cool friends you were know, doing. And you know what? I did go watch wrestling <laughs> with my friends, but you know what I wanted to be doing? Playing Vampire the Masquerade, but well, no one yeah. wanted to play Vampire Masquerade. the Masquerade. Uh-huh. I completely understand why, because they're dry, their hormones are going crazy, all they want no, to do is experiment. No, but that's how you get them all mixed up. That's how you get everybody mixed up, because you've got uh, the goth girls in there, too, playing Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. You're dressed as the Phantom, singing, Masquerade, <laughs> paper, paper, zombie. And then they're all into it, because they like that stuff, they're like a sensitive hero. Right, You know what I mean? Right. He technically, Phantom the Opera is a kidnapper, so he's not a sensitive hero, but, you know, in the end, he, he did have a tragic past. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that uh, you guys... Now, everyone's too insecure in high school. That's yeah. the problem yeah. because they don't want to be seen as like, oh, I don't want to be seen as like an other. But now I bet you you guys play the game and I get a whole bunch of people to join yeah. you. I'm certain that Marcus and I can go down to any high school and get all those kids around us in a circle and start playing yeah. Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, I'm certain that no one would have any problems with that. No. Yeah, no, that's a great idea, Jared Fogle. That's very, that's very smart. Hope you guys came hungry because I got a whole platter of sandwiches and dip. <laughs> but what really took the psychic vampire community to the next level was what else but the internet. Specifically, yes. the old 90s DIY website services like Angel Fire and GeoCities. The best. Back when you had to put real work into the HTML. That's right, kids. Back when there was real work, not like today. Uh-huh, yeah. A ref equals yeah. <laughs> so thank you to Squarespace for being a sponsor because now you can just go ahead. We're not even paid for that ad. Don't yeah. even you know, yeah, we yeah. just cut all this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> By 1997, the vampire community had such places together as Virdolax, Sanguinarius, Ooh. and Sphinx Cat's Real Vampires page. Yeah! <laughs> Sphinx? I'm certain Sphinx Cat certainly wasn't a 40-year-old man in a basement somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like all of those websites... Everyone that created them, they all share one pair of pants. And then like, everyone would be like, it's Wednesday. I have to go outside. May I get the pants, please? Yeah, all right. I'll quit my job. <laughs> and with all those pages came Belanger publishing her first version of the Psychic Vampire Codex. Then, as it always happens, without fail, again and again, no matter what country or time period a subculture surfaces, the community started to eat itself. Oh, and I thought it, you were going to say it became anti-Semitic. <laughs> because that's you, like 95% of the time, it just yeah. turns into somehow the Jews are to blame. And I don't even know that how they get conspiracy there. conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory, for some reason, it always gets twisted. Marks and I were talking about this. I think it's a disease in the DNA of conspiracy theory yeah, that right. it turns this corner at some point no matter what even if you are David Icke saying no <laughs> it is nine foot tall reptilians it's right. reptilians like they don't they, they just you know that's what happens when you dabble so, in those waters so Mr. Icke you're telling me that Jewish people can be nine feet tall 
<laughs> no, I mean, yes, they can. They can, yes. But not this way. I just, oh. 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 <laughs> well, everyone started calling each other a poser or oh. a lifestyler, which lifestyler is like the worst insult you can call someone in the vampire community. What does that yeah, even dude, mean, though? What is that It's like being you, a weekend warrior. Yeah, uh, you like to dress up as Lestat, but you don't like to do any of the work. And then during the weekdays, you're a middle manager at some Wendy's or something. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, real vampires are the middle manager at a Wendy's. They are those guys, but they are in full regalia yeah. right. at work. Yeah, right. And some of these guys even tried getting rid of the word vampire. In 2002, what? a Canadian house named House Quinator tried getting people to change from the word vampire to quinatori because they believed that getting a new word was the only way to solve the whole sai versus sang debate. Dude, good luck. <laughs> I Are don't you know. Do you have any idea how difficult it would be to rebrand something that's been around for tens of thousands of years mm -hmm. like vampires? Yeah. No way. Instead of hamburgers, we need to start switching it to meat Waffles. <laughs> ooh, actually, that's a, ooh, a good meat waffle. I like Then you ooh. could put a little syrup in there, too. Get a little egg on top of that. Ooh. You got yourself a breakfast bun. Ooh. First you get that savor, then you get that sweet. Yeah, I didn't eat yet. Now I'm ooh. <laughs> but on the other hand, House Quinator rivals the Atlanta Vampire Alliance in chillness, and they are by far the most Canadian vampires around. <laughs> this... We don't suck blood. We eat a lot of poutine. <laughs> that's that's good. Thank that's you. <laughs> That's a classic Kissel bit. <laughs> well, here's what their website says. Quote, Welcome to House Quinator, smiley face. <laughs> we are an established house with, in some cases, some new ideas. However, we hope that you'll like what you see here. We strive for flexibility. And while we do have a hierarchy, it's a loose one. <laughs> allowing for peace of mind for those who desire a chain of command. Simultaneous with an easygoing freedom for those who are more individual in nature. Man, I do love aspects of the Canadian culture, and we cannot wait. By the way, we're going to Vancouver. Yeah. And last time we were in Vancouver, we did the Rickshaw Theater. Yeah. And that was on East Hastings Street. This time, we're not going to be on East Hastings Street. <laughs> so you not know what? Anywhere near it. So our audience can be can feel safe because our audience. The last time we were in Vancouver, they were waiting outside in line. And they're like can't believe you guys are doing the show here. Like, yeah. we don't like to wait outside here. Yeah. And, uh, There's so not going to be people shooting uh, heroin blood all over the walls. So why are we yeah. even going? Yeah. What's yeah, the point? Come on. Why are we even going to go? Yeah, maybe we are, yes, people of Vancouver, we are doing a safe neighborhood this time. Yes. So don't be afraid to come on out to the show. Come on out. But it seems as if all of this, all of this vampire infighting has, for the most part, settled down into a nice subculture of people who live life as psychic vampires, only taking energy from those who are willing to give it and giving energy when they feel it is necessary. Great. But aren't we losing our edge? This is the one thing. It's once the psychic vampires become nice... Then you lose every single fun part of being a vampire, which is you get to be on the fringes of society. You're steely told about seduction. And it's not about willing to give it. You have to, like, not make them. You've got to seduce them to do it. That's the whole thing. You need your hands in the vampire hands that I'm doing. You need to be able to, like, look a woman in the eye and mean, like, I don't drink vine. I drink Molson's. Like, you have to be able to, like, pull them in. But well, here's the question. 
<laughs> what exactly are these people feeding on? That it's is a great a, question. The best question so far of the episode. What are we actually talking about when we say energy? Another mm. great question. What kind of energy? Three amazing questions. <laughs> well, one man way back in the 1840s named Baron Karl Ludwig von Reichenbach wow, thought good he job. had thank you he thought he had the answer yes he also owned a haunted mansion <laughs> and he also c- could not grow he only he was born with sideburns <laughs> his name for the vital energy or life force that lives within us and all around us is the odic force hmm. also called ood now, as I Erd. said earlier, sounds like the Canadians from South Park. Actually, as I said earlier in the episode, it's very difficult to scientifically quantify all this shit. And von Reichenbach is a prime example of someone trying and failing. Oh. Now, now, odic energy is sort of similar to orgone energy, and it's sort of an example to, because the other words that I've heard for this are chi and prana. Yeah. Like, those kinds of, those are in the one world, right, where people have been working with chi and prana for years. Mm-hmm. But Riekenbrock was really trying to put, like, in his, like, in the 18th century science version of it. So the, his thing of odic force was this, the, he was trying to say, but I'm a scientist. See, I, I know that it's real because I bought these beakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of the time of scientists of like, you know, fantabulous contraptions and such. This is the 1800s? 1840s. Oh, that's such a fun time to be a scientist. Yeah. Because you can literally just be a sociopath and people give you a lot of respect. <laughs> <laughs> well, prior to his obsession with the unprovable thesis of odic force, von Reichenbach was actually a well Respected scientist. Cool. But then, while studying sleepwalking, von Reichenbach somehow got it in his head that somnambulists do so because they're allergic to moonlight. Or at least something carried by moonlight. Huh. Okay. And extrapolating from moonlight, von Reichenbach started asking questions about all of the then unknown energies that were floating around. Hmm. And since he was so respected, his ideas got a fair shake in the scientific community, at least at first. Von Reichenbach was a member of the Prussian Academy of Sciences, but when odic energy wasn't accepted, he spent the last 30 years of his life yelling at people about it. I mean, but wasn't, he's not necessarily <laughs> wrong. It always works. It, it really does, but he's not necessarily wrong. I mean, at this point, we didn't even discover the atom yeah, or anything yeah. like, or no, yeah, we no. definitely didn't discover the atom yet in 1840. No, I mean, people have no, theorized was... the, about the atom since the Greek times. Well, I don't know what yeah, the I Greek is. Like they didn't even wear pants. They wore pants. They wore pants in the 1840s. No, I know not in the Greek times. I'm saying no. They didn't wear pants. No, they had robes. No, but they had, yeah, but they, that was before pants were like, necessary. We decided pants were necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the yoke that we've put on us. We've I made know. our our dick slaves to pants. Yeah. I know because and of proprietary nature of the, the fucking the puritanical world. I completely agree. And by the way, ladies, I hear you when it comes to the small pockets in your pants. They want you to go out and buy purses. <laughs> well, men, the, men get bigger pockets. I know that. Okay. I, oh, yeah, yeah. I've dated a woman. And also you I wear know. her pants sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You actually do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the source of this man's belief was a group of quote-unquote sensitives, which others describe possibly more accurately as a group of neurotics. So he just went to Tumblr. <laughs> 
<laughs> and asked them. Well, okay. he thought that this group that he gathered could perceive things that others couldn't. But every time his sensitives were put into a controlled environment, because his colleagues did try to give him the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. he couldn't prove his theory, and von Reichenbach always had an excuse as to why it didn't work. I tell you why it didn't work. It's a, it's a goddamn madness. That's what is what's happening. I tell you why it didn't work. Is that I look at you, Tony. You had a burger before walking in here. And I could smell the onions. I could smell the onions and it is driving me insane. It's absolutely distracting. Now I'm thinking about a good onion burger. God dang it, Henry. You're really getting to my gut today. Well, we're about to go to the airport. You can get one. Oh, I can't wait for that onion burger. Yeah, that wonderful That's not the only way I'm going to get your gut. I'm going to get it to the back door, too. Almost sex with you. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> well, even though von Reichenbach could never prove his theory and no machine could, could could detect odic energy, he believed that odic energy explained everything from hypnotism to dowsing to ghosts to the aurora borealis to magnets. Huh. He even thought that it explained feng shui, saying that churches should never have their altars on the east end, because that was bad energy, hmm. and that pianos had to face a certain direction to get a good performance out of the player. Any other direction, you're going to be like, play like shit. Yeah. I don't know that's true. Well, maybe for acoustic reasons. Yeah. I, well, Honestly, that depend, well, it depends on the size of the room. I'm also a big fan of feng shui. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's really just, I always bump my, I, for some reason around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and I don't know why, I'm totally sober, um, but uh-huh. I always hit something. And it, I think that's bad feng shui and not at all a problem with waking up to go to the bathroom. Um, you have a separate room where you have a recliner. That is 18 inches from a 72-inch television <laughs> that you sit and play. Was it? What's the name of that game? Division 2, which Two. is phenomenal. And you say you like feng shui. I could see the game. The colors of the game are burnt onto your skin right now. <laughs> it's a great game, Division 2. Play it. But, of course, this energy that he's talking about wasn't just consigned to humans. It was everywhere. This was an overall Earth force, and as such, it may not be exactly what va- psychic vampires feed upon. The other kind of energy that they may feed on is organ energy, which mm. we've talked about many times mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know more about organ energy, go check out our series on the Nazis and the occult, because the Nazis were fucking obsessed with organ energy. Also known at the time as Vril, yeah. which is the old <clears throat> Nordic version of organ energy that was out there deep in the, the, the hills, deep in the hills of Germany. Yeah. And yeah. sweet, sweet rivers of Bavaria. That is where the brilliant river is alive. <laughs> and I will conquer it. I will harness it for the power of podcasting. It is just so fortunate for the world you weren't a German in the 1940s. <laughs> I, the dictator who listens, that would be a very good dictator. I would listen to everybody and I'd make sure everybody was doing good. And then I'd sit on a throne made of burritos. You have <laughs> never listened. Have <laughs> you ever seen a video of anybody using Odic Force? No. I watched a video of a woman harnessing Odic Force that was, it was her with a stick. And they're like, I'm now presenting. <laughs> this is M- Maxwell von Burpensnerp. He is a 10 gold medal winner. Like, he could have been anybody. I don't know. He was a huge dude and another big man. And they just pushed on this stick while this woman held it, but she wouldn't move. And they're like, the master of Odic Force. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it seems it's, it's possible. Yeah, okay. it's possible. All right. But a fun little coincidence here is that the man who wrote one of the first psychic vampire stories later became 
a Nazi. Uh, of course he did. He was a German-American named George Sylvester Weyrich, and his 1907 novel, The House of the Vampire, is considered to be among the first to have a vampire who feeds on more than just blood. Then, decades later, Weyrich became a Nazi. I'm going to say this. We got to anti-Semitism. We, <laughs> we finally did. were able to get there. In a roundabout way, because listen to this. Weyrich met with Hitler multiple times and spoke at the infamous Madison Square Garden Nazi rally. Oh, that is a crazy story. Yeah, the one in 1934. And Weyrich said that the Nazis had a lot of good ideas if he got past the whole anti-Semitism uh, thing, which he didn't mm. really agree with because some of his best friends were Jewish. Some but of what? my best friends are Jewish. But what are you going to do? If you're sending Jews to the concentration camps, you might just be a psychic <laughs> vampire. No, but he uh, said to well, he was a Germanophile. Yeah. So at that time period, he was one of those that held his nationality to be very sacred. Because the Nazis were so pro-Germany, that's why he linked up, because he was super nationalist. But I don't really understand anybody that is just proud to be born in a place that you can't choose. Because no. you're just born there. I feel like the anti-Semitism, that's the hurdle I could never get over. Yeah. You know, but then they're like, the economic policies are pretty good. That's exactly <laughs> like, what they said. Okay. Yes, that, that is exactly what they said. Yeah, the economic policies are great. It's just the whole hatred thing. Like, you just gotta have to look past it. Oh, just kind of ignore it. Folks, you can go to the back of the room and you can get your blinders. You can actually put those <laughs> right on and it's, it's just absolutely crazy. You don't see the worst side of our policies. So because Virick was a Nazi, he was arrested and jailed for failing to register with the U.S. State Department as a Nazi agent. And he did three years in prison. Okay. That stay actually, and this is just an interesting side note here, that stay actually inspired a second book which had nothing to do with vampires. Is it called Get Me Out of Here? <laughs> <laughs> that book was Men into Beasts. And because of its descriptions of situational homosexuality, it became one of the first instances of gay pulp fiction in the 50s. Kicked huh. off a whole subgenre. Well, isn't that ironic? Isn't it? It I know. It seems it's almost like weirdly that he wrote a bunch of like very, very descriptive scenes of men having sex with each other. Right. Um, And totally scientific. Of course. Of course. Just research into what happens when you put a coach alone in a locker room with a bunch (laughs) of young men away from their families. I don't know. I don't know what it is. The basketball team in the army. I guess. Um, all just sliding all over each other. And you just, it's strange how someone would go and corrupt that by turning it into gay pulp fiction. Isn't that and crazy? And masturbating to it. It's nuts. Of course. And of course, the Nazis were very homophobic as well. They killed a, a lot of gay people. A lot, yeah. But while Virick wrote about psychic vampires, he was not a psychic vampire himself. Really? We're definitely not saying that all psychic vampires are Nazis. But Hitler was definitely one of the evil kinds of psychic vampires. Of perhaps the most powerful psychic vampire of all time. Mm. And there are other famous psychic vampires throughout history. Barbara Hort claimed that both Napoleon Bonaparte and Joseph McCarthy were psychic vampires. I believe it. Okay. As, as Do you have to be an alcoholic as well? <laughs> is that like... Is there any is there anything with that? I actually think it's the opposite. A lot of times these people are very sober. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Joseph McCarthy was a particularly <laughs> oh, bad yeah. alcoholic. Yes, and he may have been dr- reading some of that gay fanfic that this other guy wrote. Might have been. Maybe. Also, the sculptor Rodin and Pablo Picasso, both psychic vampires. Why Why Picasso? What because he, he, do? D- he took the energy of those around him, drained those around him, put it into his art. But then doesn't his art give energy? Mm, maybe. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. It does, doesn't it? I don't it? know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Does the artist take from the subject? 
I don't know. I don't know. It gives me. I don't know. I, I, Picasso's pretty cool. I love Picasso. Yeah. Yeah. And Henry has actually laid out a list of people that he believes are psychic vampires as well. So this is just a Henry Zabrowski theory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So- Okay. I'm going to put Bill Cosby on there. Okay. Right? Okay. That's a that's psychic vampire. Um, I'm going to put, uh, man, whoever created childproof things on the top of the new weed cases. Mm. These things, they put these like weed, they put these childproof locks on the weed stuff. Which is so difficult to get at. You're talking it's like, about give something. Give me my weed, and I ended up chopping the top of it off with a scissor, and then put all my weed in the Ziploc bags. You're talking about something kind of cool, which is just getting a bunch of weed in the old, in the oldest man way possible, <laughs> where you're just like, but no, I can't even get in the child safety locks. I've gotten the weed. You just have to hit the button and unzip it. Yeah, I yeah, got tiny guys, fingers. You guys been? You guys? If you guys? Have you guys seen these things? If you guys see these things, if you guys see these these weed things, if you guys see these things, Good Lord. Just, what are you? These, Honestly, oh, I'm getting a phone call from me. I'm getting a phone call from Comedy Central. Henry, they want to greenlight your next special. Have you seen these things? Um, I think this is going to be a great follow up. to You might be a psychic vampire. Hey, man, I'm down. As long as my career's unlocked, it's fine. Because Comedy Central's doing great. They're not sinking in ratings at all. Oh no, not at all. But even though those people are evil, or at the very least, pains in the ass. Remember that not all psychic vampires are out to suck the energy from every person they meet until that person is near death. But if you are in a relationship with a psychic vampire, get rid of them as soon as you can and get back to enjoying life. That's all we got. That's it. That's it. Oh that's my it. God, that's incredible. All right, but I there really is do psychic think, vamps. I, I wonder. But there are some sincere stuff here. I really do yeah. believe. I believe believe that if you, you believe you're being drained, I think that yep. there is something to this. I think that there really are psychic vampires out there. Absolutely. And remember that when you, the way that you'll know that you, it's going to be hard to leave a psychic vampire because they cling on really desperately because they need you. Yeah. Yes. So you are actually the strong one. So you have to just mm-hmm. disembark because they will shrivel. Absolutely. And I, when I was in an Uber in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles, I think we were going to the Adult Swim Studios to do our little stream. But I was talking to the Uber driver whose daughter was getting into podcasts, and he said, do you have any advice? And I told him, surround yourself with people that inspire you and don't make you feel bad. And yeah. who everyone can be at their 100, and everyone can be the best they the best them they can be. Those are the people you need to be around. Of course. And so, you know, when it comes to psychic vampires... That is true. Just don't hang out with people who drain you because throw you got you got to get rid of them if get you want to, if you if you want to uh, live the the best life possible. Get rid of them. That's it. That's yep. it. And they're not afraid of garlic. As a matter of fact, psychic vampires truly enjoy it. Ooh, I, I'm a big garlic mm, I guy do too. too. Yeah, might make me one. Then I, 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 I might be <laughs> a psychic vampire. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Great episode. Hang out with people that inspire you. Um, we're gonna see so many folks this weekend mm-hmm. we're going to be in kansas city cannot wait that's gonna be friday night and then where are we going then denver. we're to denver colorado which cannot wait for that and then beautiful salt lake city so this weekend is going to be an absolute blast it's gonna be great yeah. yes can't wait man can't wait to get back on the road can't wait to see you guys we're gonna have a good time we're gonna strut and fret on our up on the stage won't we marcus yes we will in here in about two weeks we're going to be going up to the pacific northwest for a short tour we're going to be starting in vancouver then we're going to seattle then we're going to do two nights in Portland. There's still tickets available. Uh, Seattle sold out, uh, but if you're living in Seattle and you still want to see us and you didn't get tickets in time, just go on up to Vancouver. You can see us there or uh, go on down to uh, Portland and see us that Sunday night because we still
still got tickets for Vancouver, and we still got tickets for the second night in Portland. First yes. night sold out. Absolutely, cannot wait to see everyone. And uh, let's see here. What else do we? What else should we say? Australia. We're going coming to Australia in uh, late June. So go go to last last podcast on the left and uh, check out all of the uh, dates and locations for our Australia tour. We're which is starting at the end of June. Or we're starting uh, around like June twentieth, I think. Awesome. We're selling out a couple of dates already in Australia, which is really really great. But we need people to come out to our Sydney show. It's our big old show in Sydney. Come on out. Come, come on out. Our uh, thanks all for giving to our Patreon. Without you, this show doesn't exist, so you guys are much appreciated, and if you want to check out the Henry and myself uh, interview series, we interview a lot of really fun people, and there's like, you know, there's a couple, there's a couple of dozen on there uh, as far as interviews, so check that out, some bonus content. Um, also check out all the shows here on LPN, Wizard and the Bruiser, Page 7, Able Against Top Hat, all the shows. Uh, thank you so much for keeping this network alive, and honestly, the network is doing great. Yeah. We'll put on our owner's hats, uh, the last podcast network is, uh, you know, just really excelling. And so thanks, everyone, for, you know, kind of cross-pollinating uh, cross uh, to all the other shows. And I've got one more show announcement uh -oh. uh, that I almost forgot about it. In August, we just added three shows. August 8th, yeah. St. Paul, Minnesota. August 9th, Des Moines, Iowa. And August 10th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Cannot wait. Get the cheese ready. Warm it up. Deep fry it. Get those beers ready. Cannot wait for Milwaukee. See some old friends out there. And by the and time Minneapolis, yeah. of course. Yeah. And by the time this episode comes out, tickets will be on sale at lastpodcastontheleft.com. And uh, be sure to get those tickets as soon as you can because last time we went to uh, Minnesota and last time we went to Wisconsin, we sold out both of them. We do well in the big states yep, with, the, yep. with the big, wonderful folks. Can't and, wait to be back in my homeland of the mm -hmm. Midwest. Now, I've never been been to Des Moines, so I'm excited to go to Des Moines. I've it's only been be cool. there. I was only there when I was like seven years old, yeah, and I, I don't even know why I was there. Huh. I wonder if Slipknot's going to show up. Oh my god. Yes, <laughs> if you know Slipknot in Des Moines, please... We'll put half of them on the list. <laughs> I'll put them on the list. I would love to meet anybody who is tangential to Slipknot. That would be fun as shit. Absolutely. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Go Geen. Let's do a Magustalations. Yeah. Yeah, let's do one of those. Yeah. And uh, hail me. You know why? Tiny knees. That's why <laughs> you want to be hailed because you have tiny knees. I might just be a psychic vampire. I don't know. You, oh, you are a psychic vampire. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.